0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast, the safe place for folks who like the movie more than the book. This is our second annual Best of the Year episode, and with me to talk about it, everything 2021, is the fully vaccinated, caviar enthusiast, and COVID positive, Eric. Say hello to the people, Lee.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm a reader. I'm a watcher. I'm a professional hopscotcher. I don't I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So, Will, like you said, to commemorate this year, we wanted to count down the top three books and uh, top three films that we read slash watched in 2021. I personally, Will, watched 86 movies and read 30 books. Thank you to the good people at Goodreads and Letterboxd for um, remembering what I did because I surely did not.
0: That is quite an amazing statistic.
1: I like it. You, you know, consumed
0: lots of media.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a, a former coworker who always likes to read his age in books. And I accomplished that this year. I turned 30 and I read 30 books.
0: Oh, First time ever. I like that. Yeah. That's very cool.
1: Usually I get like 23 and at the, at the end of the year I sort of peter out. And that kind of happened yeah. this year too. Like December, terrible year or terrible month for reading.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I really do well in January, February, and then I just totally fall off a cliff.
0: Interesting. But you like kept it steady throughout for the – most of the year at least
1: yeah just december is not a reading month um but it was a watching december, month yeah. i ended up watching like 23 movies this month Um, that's like one a day yeah almost yeah well i didn't do a whole lot of work <laughs> i just sort of like put one on every day at like 1 p.m and then i would like do work not really like in while, the background while watching yeah 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 now that my but desk is facing uh, my tv your boss it's doesn't room. listen to this no, she doesn't know about this. <laughs> okay, <gotta> go. <laughs> um, Okay, so we're counting down from three. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only rule is that the movies were released in 2021. These books, we, I, I, didn't, I don't know about you, I didn't read a whole lot of 2021 specific releases. So mm-hmm. these are just books irrespective of year. And we'll start with me because um, I like to go first. My of number course. three book, Will, is a little book called Dune, written by Frank Herbert, in the 1950s, um, I wanted to create an interesting list, but I just didn't have it in me to have read this book and then not include it, since it's the granddaddy of all science fiction stories. I just think the inventiveness, the inventiveness and scope in this book are tremendous, and you have to give Herbert a lot of credit for basically jumpstarting what mo- modern science fiction is. And so, for that reason, like to have read it this year and not put it in my top like best books just seems kind of foolish like oh here's this like one of the greatest books of all time yeah but it was like you know number 17 on my list doesn't really make sense yeah, right. especially since i yeah. liked it um we talked about this at length during our dune podcast so if you want to check that out to hear our full thoughts you can certainly do that i imagine it might be on your list somewhere as well but uh for me yeah number three it's a big book but it does a great job of holding your attention all the way through i think it's pretty interesting and i i didn't quite like it as, as much as some of the other books but you know three ain't shabby
0: not too shabby okay my number three is and this is gonna surprise you i think is harry potter number two let's go secrets (laughs) um as some of the listeners i know eric you know i've only ever read the first two i was not a harry potter head back in the day um and i'm slowly working my way through them in my adulthood um So I read the second one, I think, at the beginning of the year, and it was very pleasant. It was an easy read, very enjoyable. I think you were quoted as saying, it's the worst of the series, and it's uh, maybe a, that's sort of a a popular book to choose for one of the worst of the series, but I happen to enjoy it. And obviously there's more to come, in the years to come, for more Harry Potter for me, but... um, yeah, it was good. I, I actually did not read that many books this year. It was, uh, I think it was 13. So it was like a really like poor year for me. Most of the books that we read were adaptations. Yeah. Or the like almost all the books that I read this year were adaptations um, based on what we do. But um, so I didn't get a lot of extra meat in there. But I wanted to throw that in because, you know, I know you're a fan and it was good. So
1: it is good. I I, I like the Harry Potter books, obviously. And if you want to know more about Harry Potter, um Tomorrow, as we record this, is the, like, movie, um, like, all of the characters from the movie are getting back together for an HBO Max special on, uh, Jan 1. So, if you want to watch that, Will, you could, you could learn a little bit more about Harry Potter, the boy I who think lived. I'll probably pass, but... It might, it might be some spoilers in there. You might, you don't want to, get, yeah, you don't want to ruin the story. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Were you living in England when you were 11?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Okay. I want to get that on the record, so that if you had been reading <laughs> Harry Potter when you were 11, you would have had the, like... Hogwarts magical feeling like, Oh my God, I'm going to get my Hogwarts letter and I'm already in England. So I could go to, um, Hogwarts. Yeah. But you know, I didn't. So, so you, the magic is, uh, <laughs> you missed the magic. That's, that's sad. I did. That's sad. Whenever we can go back in time, maybe I'll do it. Well, once you, when you read Harry Potter three, you'll see how that's possible.
0: Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, my
1: maybe number next two, year. Uh, my number two is a book called American salvage. By Bonnie Joe Campbell, this is a two thousand and nine short story collection that was a finalist for the National Book Award in Fiction. All of the books uh, I have it in front of me. All of the books on my list, weirdly enough, like I have real copies of. I, I read a I read a ton on the Kindle and like borrow from the library quite a bit. but my top three are all books that I have physical copies of. So I mm-hmm. don't know what that says. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's just better to have a printed out thing to hold. And to have. It um,
0: makes it more real, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. The magic is the magic is tangible. Um, yes. Bonnie Jo Campbell was a writer from Michigan, and anyone from Michigan or who knows somebody from Michigan knows this, that people from Michigan love to promote other people from Michigan. And that happened to me. My uncle from Michigan said, hey, Eric, I don't know if you've heard of this Bonnie Jo Campbell. You should really read her. And this short story collection is pretty awesome. Um, she writes about rural working class people, who are essentially being left behind uh, as society like grows older and modern times take over, you know. Um, and it, I think f- as a writer, it takes real craft to shine a light on characters like this and not come across as sort of like a stereotype pusher, someone who's making money off of you know the rural poor experience. Um, and she's just really, really good. Um, it's definitely worth reading. Only, I would highlight maybe a short story in here called The Inventor 1972 for folks who maybe haven't read Bonnie jo. Um It's a story about a man hitting a woman with his car, but also it's about much, much more than that. So that's my that's my number two, American Salvage Bonnie Joe Campbell. It's less than 200 pages of short stories, so it's a fairly easy breezy read.
0: Interesting. Out of left field. Yeah. I think you're a big, like, short story guy, right?
1: Yeah, um, for sure. So when I say I read, like, 30 books, you know, there's, like, 10 short story collections. There's a couple of poetry collections in there. You don't, you can't get to, like, I see people who read, like, hundreds of books in a year. And I just don't understand how you do that without poetry or short stories or whatever. Because that's, like, if you're reading 100 books a year, that's a book, like, every three point, whatever, six, five days. You're not
0: working you're that is your job or you're just like loaded and you have all this free time.
1: Yeah. Don't you have to cook That's dinner free. for yourself? Like that takes like three hours, you know, Uber eats baby. It's just all Uber eats. This is how you do it. That's how you pump Shout up your Goodreads sp- list. Uber eats.
0: Shout out to our sponsor Uber
1: eats. Yeah. All right. You're number two. Well, <laughs> number two. <clears throat> so, um,
0: number two for me is a Haruki Murakami novel, uh, that I read earlier this year called a wild sheep chase. Um, so I've actually read this a couple times, um, for whatever reason, I just keep coming back to it. It's essentially a story, um, about a, a, uh, man living in Tokyo, um, who loses connection with an old friend and stumbles across this, uh, this man who essentially wants him to, um, find this sheep, um, based on this photograph, this old photograph, um, where there was a sheep in, our, in a sort of a herd of sheep, and this one has a, a black star um, on on the back of it. Um, and he goes on this wild sheep chase, hence the title. Um, and it, uh, I won't ruin it for you, but it basically has a pretty um, odd ending, I would say. Um, not Certainly not what I expected, and I think not what a lot of people have expected. I think you've read this as well, um, where it's just sort of, threw me off. And for whatever reason, I always seem to come back to books like that, that just sort of like, make me more confused than anything. <laughs> um, and that's sort of like the beauty of, of Murakami. And uh yeah, so that was my number two. Uh, I'll probably read it again this year, maybe.
1: I think I have your copy of this book. So if you want it back and you don't want to buy it again on Kindle, you can nah. have it back.
0: No, I, I, uh, I'm trying to collect as many First cover editions of Murakami as I can, so I have that one. I'll like scour uh, Abe books. I don't know if you've heard of it. They'll have a lot of first editions on there for relatively decent prices. Um, but so yeah, keep it. I'm throw I still it away. have your. No, don't do that. <laughs> I still have your uh, George Saunders book, Lincoln in the Bardo. So have you read that? No, I was. I told. <laughs> I promised myself I was going to read it this year. And I haven't, but maybe I'll do it by in six hours. It's whatever, pretty right, fast, actually.
1: It's a uh, it? it's like a thick book, like the it, it's large size wise, yeah. but inside it's like there's a lot of white space.
0: Okay, so I haven't looked inside yet, so I need to do that.
1: Yeah, read it uh, mm-hmm. when it's like cold outside, and then you'll feel like I don't know, not whimsical, but like there's you know Lincoln's dead son features prominently, and we live in oh, okay. you live in DC, so you could uh, you could always go visit there
0: that's that's true i could i could go do that
1: so there you go
0: it's been very warm this winter though so
1: yeah it's uh 60 degrees right now and tomorrow is 70 is it really happy new years to us jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) okay what's your number one book my number one uh is a short story collection well because this is my this is my lane I'm, i'm making it as my lane apparently um it's called The Stories of Brees DJ Pancake, written by Brees DJ Pancake. Um, my my resolution is to read this collection once a year, every year, until, as we just hinted, the oceans rise and the seas take us um, back to where we came from. Uh, this guy, Pancake, is a really, really, really awesome writer who died really young under somewhat, like, mysterious circumstances. Um hmm. And he left us with basically, like, a dozen stories, enough to fit into one short story collection. Um, And the stories, like, Campbell, my number two, um, shine a light on the rural experience, though instead of Michigan, he focuses on West Virginia. And what I like most about this collection is that, like, basically he is the kind of writer that I would like to be if I had the talent enough to write about rural people and have an understanding of what, um, like, rural poor um, communities do and want and what those people have to like have to say to society. And I, he's just so good at finding humanity within these um, people who often get overlooked. And I just think there's a lot of heart and it's, it's just really, really, really terrific. Um, it, I don't think it's super popular. I, I read about him like a decade ago on some list somewhere. He, went to uva to get his mfa so there's i think maybe i came across him when we were at uva um but i read the collection and it's oh. just like it's awesome i love it um that story worth reading from it to highlight um is trilobites um it's a story about a guy who's looking for a fossil although it's much more than that you know as right. as, as one has to say but um yeah breeze dj pancake recommended
0: Very cool. That is another one out of left field. Yeah. I'd love to check that out.
1: You know, if you are a, a, a writer who likes Southern stories, mountain stories, rural stories, that kind of thing, I think you sort of have to be a Breeze DJ Pancake person because whether you know it or not, you're cribbing. You're cribbing from his style.
0: That's fair. So can you give us some more insight into his mysterious death?
1: I I I think he might have committed suicide. So it's okay. it's sort of a dark tale. Um, I think he was somebody who had um. Well, I don't want to. I don't. I mean, it's hard to say exactly. There's a, there's a good introduction in like uh, afterward in this book about w- with people who knew him who write about him. But I think um, part of him was ha- had like a you know what some writers have, which is. It's hard to uh, to be c- that creative and also, like, live in a functioning society.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Interesting. Okay. Well, I will table that one. Um, so my number one, <clears throat> excuse me, is one that you've mentioned. Um, is one of the, considered one of the greatest science fiction novels of all time, um, if not one of the most significant novels of all time called Dune. We spoke about it in length um, this fall uh, when we both watched it, um, and it's been on my shelf essentially for 10 years or so. (laughs) I finally read it this year, Um, and it was great. I mean, it it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. In fact, it was quite different than what I was thinking it was going to be, and it offered so much more um and sort of, sort of everything that you mentioned before um about it and it's sort of one of those books that you sort of like you mentioned you have to read if you are a quote unquote science fiction fan or whatever um so did it checked it off the list um but I don't want to demean it to say you know just check it off the list it was actually as, as good as advertised if not more so certainly one to to plug and encourage people to read even though it's quite long um it's relatively quick for being a long book so that helps
1: i thought you were going to say andrew cuomo's biography right, this is sort of a surprise
0: i've been saving that one for next year
1: got it so. yeah a lot of it. good <laughs> insights cuomo. on
0: that yeah big cuomo guy
1: yeah just kidding you're a cuomo sexual <laughs> everyone knows that <laughs> of course okay movie time movie time do you want to go first do you want me to go first
0: Let's switch it up. I want to go first. All
1: right. Well, hit us with your number three. Okay.
0: Number three, the Green Knight. Nice. Um, so this is a movie we saw over the summer at the Georgetown AMC. Shout out Georgetown AMC. Um, and was just so fucking cool. Um, and I took I you know I didn't really understand all of it until we spoke about it after on the podcast, but. There was a lot to unpack in the movie. It was visually awesome. Um, A very cool story about Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which is um, a King Arthur's tale, um, or within that King Arthur realm, about a guy who has to uh, travel um, north and essentially slay the Green Knight, or he gets killed, essentially. Um, And... I don't know. The movie was just fucking awesome. Um, there were some relatively uh, major minor differences, medium differences, I guess, um, that were really interesting. Um, but yeah, so I just love that one.
1: Another podcast episode we have that you should listen to if you are interested in, in learning more about The Green Knight. I knew you're yes, you're just plug. like a... You're an A24 guy. I know we mentioned this on every podcast, but another A24 joint that... Tickles Will's uh, fancy. They all do. They all do. I, I mean, A twenty four is so good about knowing exactly who its audience is and just being like, you know mm-hmm. what, this is this is gonna be it. They, they yeah they, our people know. Yeah,
0: they're great at marketing. They're great at they're great at everything. There's nothing that they're bad at. So shout out A twenty four.
1: Yeah. Okay, my number three. Um, we've talked about this plenty, so I guess we don't need to spend more ink on it, but. I'm going Dune. I, Dune part one, uh, it's terrific. Give me part two right now with more prophecy, more Bene Gesserit shenanigans, more Zendaya, please. Oh, okay. She wasn't even in the first one, Will. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I know. But for real, this is a really beautiful movie that accomplishes, accomplishes so much during its runtime. Um, great acting, great score. It acts as its own movie. I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about like stories that might get stretched across two three four films there's like with marvel right there's there's endings that aren't endings Uh, they're just sort of like ways to get us to part two part three um this uh, is i think is is kind of that but it's also not that in that you know there's there is a change that occurs um but it does set up you know i think what's going to be a pretty excellent coalition of films however many they they might make so Um, thumbs up to Dune. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the only person who liked this movie, so I want to give it a little bit of love.
0: I can't believe it's only your number two.
1: Number three. No, it's my number three.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Goodness. It's so low on your list.
1: Yeah. You know, with making lists, you try to be like real and then also like cool. Like, oh, you know what I liked is, uh, (laughs) I don't know, like dumb and dumber or that that was really my number three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. You're number two.
0: Number two um, movie is King Richard. Oh. Yeah. Um, So shout out Will Smith um, for this one. This was was one I was interested in um, because, you know, as a millennial, uh, 30-year-old white male, uh, I was a big fan of Will Smith when I was younger and sort of throughout my teens and early 20s. But he has been on such a – horrible run of movies for the past you know maybe 10 years um that it, I was starting to give up hope um that he would you know sort of reach the heights that he had had before um and you know granted that this movie wasn't necessarily like a box office movie because um, it was on HBO and probably had limited release but he was so fucking good I mean this guy you know He had proven, he's sort of proven his chops as an actor uh, in Hollywood based on his previous work and stuff in Seven Pounds and um, The Pursuit of Happiness and things like that. But just sort of like was doing all these weird choices. And for him to sort of get back in the discussion for being a great actor again was great to see. But with all that said, that is not the best part of this movie. The best part of this movie is, um, in my opinion, are the two know actresses who are playing venus and serena because they just give it such a like the heart to the movie and i will say this is actually the this is a little embarrassing this is the the reason that i had to have it have it in my top three is because the only movie that made me cry this year i'm not a crier at movies but it did it it did it that end scene where they they have fans and everybody's you know clapping and stuff uh they're signing autographs that was very cool but um and it was just an interesting story i mean I didn't really know much about their father. You know, I just knew that they're super famous tennis players, but really getting to know, you know, him and his impact and, on them and sort of their dynamic and the way that he was different from most people um, was just really interesting. So it made for a great story, great movie.
1: Yeah, I like, I watched that movie as well um, my my take on it was basically like I liked it I I thought it would be better if I didn't know that Serena and Venus Williams ended up being like the goats because it's it sort of like it was like oh oh my gosh she's not gonna win this match I wonder what will end up happening to yeah, um, <laughs> yeah oh true. she's gonna be the best uh, who cares um, right but I, I agree with you it is <laughs> it is a it is a nice good heartwarming. Film, you know the. It didn't make me cry. You know what made me cry is Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's not a joke. I watched that movie and I, just what? I I had my COVID diagnosis. I watched that movie and I just like lost my mind. Is it good? I mean, what do you want? It's a big. It's a big red dog, and he. Does he die or something? No, you can't kill Clifford. He's a. Uh, he's magic. Why would you cry? It was just nice, you know. It was like, <laughs> oh, this dog is gonna go back to the. The, the little girl that really loves him. And, uh, I don't know, you know, it really, I think I, it was the COVID. I
0: don't think it was the movie. I think it was
1: a COVID cry. Yeah. Yeah. But it really, that movie really fucked me up. So is good. that your number one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be funny. No, my, my number two, um, is a movie that we saw together, uh, called drive my car, which we oh, just yes. talked about in a, the most recent episode of the little lens podcast. You can find that wherever mm-hmm. you find podcasts. um, this movie is fascinating. You know, you're a Murakami guy, um, but there's definitely a degree of ambiguity, mystery, like, it's sexy. There's just a lot going on in this movie that, in its three-hour runtime, in its Japanese language, um, will force you to watch it and I think would benefit from additional viewings. And it's so entertaining that I think it really could could stand up to that. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't say enough good things about this movie. This movie was terrific. And if you can seek it out, you really, really should.
0: Nice. I like that.
1: Yeah. So let's drive my car.
0: A little recent one for the little lens plug.
1: Yeah. You know, am I, there's a whole bunch of movies that I saw this year that I liked fine. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, you know what? Like, this movie was dope, and then when I came to put this list together, I was like, I don't remember anything that happened in that fucking movie. Like that can't be on my list because <laughs> I just simply don't remember any of it. But is that
0: which movie you're talking about?
1: Like something like Judas and the Black Messiah, where I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I really like that movie, and now I'm like, I don't remember much of it. Yeah, it just sort of left my brain. But Drive My Car has like some really <laughs> like f- funny, crazy, and memorable memorable scenes just mm-hmm. like whether it's the two principal characters like having sex and her just like screaming a story or yeah. the like hotshot actor going to like beat up some guy and yeah 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 feeling like we got to go um there's yeah. there's there's good memorable stuff in drive my car Yeah, I love that. Great movie. Yeah. Make sure okay. you can uh, schedule a bathroom break in there.
0: Yes. It's my a hot little take. intermission. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number 1 for me um as the same as my book number one, which is Dune. Um, sort of all the reasons that you mentioned, obviously for Dune part one being um, my favorite for the year. But the the main reason is because um, like many things in life, not everything lives up to expectation. Um, and the hype around this movie was so large um, and it had been there had been many skeptics out there um as to you know whether it could be pulled off or not and the fact that it was wasn't totally critically panned and it was very well received is just a huge accomplishment in my opinion and it was so fucking cool and it was so great um you know so much fun to watch something like that something epic, something huge scale, and something in theaters um which was awesome which is very cool to see so for all the reasons dune is number one dune owns 2021 for me
1: you had dune one dune books year. and dune one movies i had dune three books and dune three movies so we're we're on our own parallel path on brand, uh, yeah love it fuck yeah
0: all right eric number one
1: <laughs> okay so when putting together a list i think i've mentioned this before today but you know, there's part of me that wants to be cool and hip and there's part of me that wants to be true to who I am as a person and to what I consumed in 2021 and what really stuck nah, with fuck, me. And that. Just be cool. To that end, well, I need to tell you about my Spotify wrapped, which had on it as my number one artist, Bo Burnham, and as my top five songs all came from Bo Burnham's Inside, which is a comedy film that came out in May of 2021 um, that was written... Edited, directed by Bo Burnham, living in his luxury—well, um, s- not second home. His luxury, like what would you call it? A little a vacation home? No, no, no. It's like his guest. It's like mother-in-law suite. His guest house in the, his backyard. Oh, okay. Um, is it a comedy special? Is it a movie? It doesn't really matter. It's ninety minutes of magic. It's hilarious. Mm. It's probing. It's concerning. It's the look under the hood of a brain from a man that I love, which was Bo Burnham. And that man is confused. And so am I. And as somebody that turned 30 in this time of COVID, um, everything that he put in this special spoke to me directly. And I think there's no higher praise than every morning going downstairs, firing up Spotify, and putting on Bo Burnham's Inside just to have it. Because it wrapped me in a warm blanket telling me that... Things are not okay, but Bo Burnham will distract me until I forget that. So uh, he took my mind away from the pain that living in the 2020s, you know, brings forth. And, uh, you know, daddy gave me some content and it's the content that I needed. Wow.
0: What's it called? What's the movie called again?
1: Inside. It's on Netflix. Inside, that's right. Wow,
0: that is something I was absolutely not expecting. Yeah, my uh, my top it,
1: five Spotify songs all from this movie. I saw it and I was like a little bit embarrassed and then I realized, you know, <laughs> it is the it is the real me. And that's we you can't gotta be ashamed it. of that, Will. You can't be ashamed of who you no. really are.
0: Well you didn't post it on your Instagram, so I you know.
1: Did it really happen? I'll post it on the Little Lands Instagram. I'll let those followers know. <laughs> there you go. What's what's <laughs> wrong with me. Yeah. That's very cool. I love that.
0: I actually have, it's on my list to watch. Um, but wow, I mean, now that it's number one for you, I feel like I have to watch it now. But I don't want to be sucked into listening to his album on Spotify.
1: Well, that's your business, you know. If you can control yourself, then, <laughs> then control yourself. You know, for me, it was, it was Bo Burnham. It was Adele. It was um, Olivia Rodrigo. A lot of time spent listening to, to Roar from Olivia Rodrigo. You probably don't don't even know who that is because you're so not part of the mainstream She's culture. She's
0: so mainstream. No, I do love Olivia
1: Rodrigo who doesn't, right? So, that was my, this was my 2021 is listening to Bo Burnham's Inside and I think that is, uh you know, if the listeners of the Little Lens take away anything from this conversation and this project that we're doing here just, you know, generally, you know, the Little Lens podcast is that you should consume what you love and don't be ashamed to admit what you love is what you love because... Ultimately, fuck them, you know. Wow, I love that. <laughs>
0: what a what a great transition into 2022. Yeah, can't wait till I the, the oceans rise. That's yeah, that's our mantra, for for next year. Fuck them, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> well, cool. Um, this was fun. I love doing little things like this, sort of recaps and little memory refreshers. Um, but also get to learn a little something about you that yeah. I didn't know before.
1: You know, this is a, it's a time to share and a time to learn and a time to give thanks and uh, receive thanks as well. You know, we shouldn't forget about that part of uh, giving thanks. Every time you give a thanks, someone has to receive it.
0: Of course. But also you should receive a thanks as well for giving one away. So.
1: Yeah, it's a never-ending it's cycle of, of Thanksgiving. And equilibrium. Yeah. This is what this country was built on, was Thanksgiving. And I think today we, we, we stand up to those standards, I think, if you look at our country. It's doing great.
0: Yeah, we're in a great place. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look, uh, really looking forward to the future.
1: And this is why we watch Bo Burnham's Inside, to imagine what it's like to just be stuck inside and how that can be, how that can be beautiful. I
0: think I'm going to put it on after our conversation.
1: Yes. I'm very
0: intrigued now. It's so good. I love it. It's the best. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, that wraps it up for 2021 for Little Lens. Um, And we're looking forward to 2022. And um, our next episode will be on The Power of the Dog. Look for that in the next couple weeks, uh, first couple weeks in January. So if you want to read along and then watch, please do. We're also going to be doing uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth in likely February. And then was there one more? Yes, Nightmare Alley, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um either we're going to do that in February or March. That'll be coming up after or before Shakespeare. Um Tragedy of Macbeth. So, look out for that. And then we'll be continuing throughout the year in 2022. Hopefully, COVID chills out so we can get together more. Um but I don't know if it will.
1: Yeah. So, thank you for listening across 2021. And engaging yes. with us because it's I, I like doing this. It's fun to read and watch and and try to understand what the fuck it is so that we read and watch.
0: What's the point of reading and watching if you can't have a top list, top of the year list?
1: There okay. is no point, right? Yeah.
0: What, what's so. the
1: point of existing on the internet if you don't have opinions about what's the best part of the internet? Exactly. Thank you for that wisdom. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You wanted some content, here's your goddamn content. Enjoy. Here's your
0: fucking content. (laughs) Fuck them. That's our motto. Well, thank you. Stay blessed, stay safe, and uh, keep reading and keep watching. Peace out. See you next year.